one way I always tell people to help tap into their intuition is to start noticing the little synchronicities, the little things that we think are coincidences, and don't write them off. Actually, write them down. Like, pay attention to those little things. Welcome to The Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of the Sensitive and Soulful Show. Today we have a great episode for you. This is a replay of my Sensitive Soul Retreat, which was a retreat I hosted back in August of 2021. And oh my gosh, we packed in so much information into a two-day online retreat. So this episode is day one of that retreat. And in this episode, I talk all about thriving as a highly sensitive person. So we're covering radical self-acceptance, increasing your self-worth, maintaining healthy relationships, and using your sensitivity as a superpower. So this is jam-packed with information. Grab your notebook or just come back to this episode later when you're able to really absorb the information because there is so much and it's definitely going to help you. So sit back, enjoy, and I'll talk to you soon. I would like for us to start with a grounding meditation because as sensitive people, we're always taking in so much of the world around us and it can be a lot. And so I think before we settle into this hour, hour and 15 minutes together, Let's just ground ourselves and return to our own energy and just feel calm and centered. So I want you to close your eyes with me and I'll do it with you too. So close your eyes and I just want you to just slow down now. Slow down your breathing. I want you to take a couple deep breaths into your belly. So often we're breathing into our chest and it actually makes us feel more frantic and and anxious. So when we breathe into our belly, we can just send a relaxing signal to the rest of our body. So breathe in. And I want you to pay attention to the surface that you're sitting on now just notice what it feels like beneath you, whether it's a couch, a bed, the floor, maybe it's the grass. Just notice the way this surface is supporting you. 
And right now, I want you to remember that there's nowhere else you need to be. Right now, this is a time for you. It's an opportunity for you to nurture yourself, to show yourself love, and to just show yourself that you're worth it. You are worth taking time for. And that's the truth. And continue to bring your focus to feeling really supported by this surface that you're on. And imagine that the ground beneath you is just taking away any heaviness, any stress, anything that may have made you feel anxious or worried before this. Imagine that it's really dissipating now. It's leaving your body. Take another deep breath into your belly. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back to the room with me. So hopefully that has you feeling a little bit more calm and grounded. I know I myself always need that, especially before doing something where I'm talking to people. It just slows it down a little bit. So before we kind of get into the topic today, I just wanted to introduce myself. I imagine many of you probably found out about this retreat through Instagram. So I'll just share a little bit about me and then we'll get into it. So my name is Alyssa Boyer. I live in Southern California with my husband and our cat. And I am a mentor for highly sensitive people. I was born and raised in Minnesota. I most certainly did not set out in my life to go have this be my career path. I actually have a degree in retail merchandising and I worked in a, uh, or I still do work in a, a big corporate setting, but my journey was not clear to get here. But working with highly sensitive people is so very much my calling in life. It's something I'm so passionate about and totally obsessed. And I, I love meeting other highly sensitive souls. So obviously I'm a highly sensitive person. I learned this about myself probably six or seven years ago. And I found out I was highly sensitive because I was dealing with chronic digestive issues. I was working in a really fast paced, pretty toxic corporate retail environment. And as a person who's very high achieving, very much a, a go-getter, I was always pushing myself so much and I was chronically stressed and anxious. And so this manifested itself into really bad digestive issues. I had something called SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and leaky gut. And I went to so many different gastroenterologists. No one could really give me something to help me fix this. Like I was miserable until I found a holistic doctor. And he really is the one who taught me that emotional stress and anxiety can really impact the body and it can impact our health. And I was in a chronic state of hypervigilance, fight or flight. My cortisol was always spiked. And that was why I was getting these really bad stomach problems. And 
it was around this time that I learned I was a highly sensitive person. My mom actually introduced me to this concept and she's she's watching it today, so that's cool. Um, she told me about the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, and she was like, I think you should read this. I think this might be about you. Sure enough, I read the entire book in a weekend and I was, I was completely obsessed. I, for the first time in my life, I felt seen. I felt like I wasn't messed up or weird. I just finally felt like there was a, a reason for me being the way that I that I am. So yeah, growing up, of course, I always knew I was very sensitive and I thought that this was a problem and caused issues and I needed to hide it and suck it up and toughen up and change who I was in order to fit in and be successful. But once I learned about being a highly sensitive person, my life really changed. In learning about the trait, I understood that actually as highly sensitive people, we have to take really, really good care of ourselves. We have to be on top of our self-care self and we really need to know how to advocate for ourselves. So through this experience, I then got really into meditation and being more mindful about the foods I was eating and managing my stress. And I'm happy to say I don't have digestive issues anymore. I don't have the levels of anxiety I once did. I used to chronically chronically be overwhelmed and stressed and anxious. I was a total people pleaser. And yeah, just really learning all about all of this work and how to care for myself has been life changing. So because I know it so intimately now, I love helping other highly sensitive people find that same freedom and find, you know, feel good in their skin. So I, I help HSPs through my membership community and then also one-on-one -on -one mentorship on a small scale um, as I have time for. So it's been really cool to see HSPs step into their power, learn their strengths and learn how to just love and own their sensitivity because honestly, my view of for the world is for more sensitive people to feel confident so that we can be really in these like leadership roles because the world is a better place when there's more people who have deep empathy leading the way. We need more empathy in the world. So that's why I really want all of you to just learn these things about yourself and feel really good in your life. So that's about me. So let's kind of get into the, the content today. So the first thing I really wanted to touch on was radical self-acceptance. And I think it's important to say why HSPs often do not accept themselves. Because like I said, I felt very misunderstood. The majority of HSPs I talked to feel very misunderstood. It's like this inherent feeling that something is wrong with us and we need to change who we are. And so there's a huge lack of self-acceptance. And I think what a lot of this can really be attributed back to is just what we grew up hearing about being sensitive. Um, a lot of us grew up hearing you're too emotional, you're too dramatic, like stop crying, suck it up, all of these things. And like, I have amazing parents, they're awesome. And everyone's childhood experience is different, but even with the best parents, it can be really challenging for a parent if they don't know their child is an HSP, like to know how to manage somebody with that much sensitivity. So that was definitely something I heard. I just felt like I was too emotional and too dramatic and too much. And because so many of us hear this, we really begin to internalize a shame about us being who we are. We kind of have that feeling of inherently being wrong for who we are. And so this, this starts to deteriorate our self-acceptance. We're kind of like, okay, 
the way I am is bad and it causes problems. So I'm going to try to be more like other people who seem to be accepted because I am not good the way that I am. And this also breeds a lot of lack of self-trust. That's another thing I see huge in HSPs is just a difficulty trusting yourself, always looking to others for the answers, deferring to others, not, not being able to trust your intuition, you know, just thinking everyone else knows better than you. That was definitely the case for me. And I was such a people pleaser as a result. So maybe you can relate where you're always deferring to others, you're people pleasing. So you're trying to kind of like make yourself small and make other people like and accept you by going along with whatever they want, never saying no. But as a result of that, you might be feeling like a doormat. You might be feeling resentful. You might be feeling completely burnt out because you're always giving so much to everyone else. And so you can kind of see how all of this is really related and it's going back to your self-worth and your self-acceptance. And, you know, it, it kind of makes sense when you see, oh, this, these are the things that I, I believe about myself and it's no wonder that I'm kind of allowing myself to be treated in these ways that I'm not necessarily okay with. So in order for us to really get to a place of self-acceptance, like is, is learning how to embrace who we truly are, our authenticity. Matt lands it all here, recovering people pleaser. He's a huge, he talks all about authenticity and this is what it's about. It's about really being in congruence with who we truly are and not feeling ashamed of it. And it, it's easier said than done, but that is really the remedy to all of, all of this. And so what I have found in terms of embracing our sensitivity and how we can do this in order to accept ourselves more, um, I kind of break it down. Like for one, it's learning about it, understanding this trait. What does it mean to be a highly sensitive person? Well, it means that you have a sensory processing sen sensitivity. So things like bright lights might be really too much for you. Um, you probably need more sleep. You might be very particular about your clothes or the the um, sleeping conditions that you're in. Um, you might be very sensitive to certain foods. Also highly sensitive people have an abundance of empathy. Uh, we actually have more active mirror neurons in our brain, which are responsible for empathy. So we literally have a lot of empathy, which is a beautiful thing. So learning these things about yourself as a highly sensitive person, it just starts to kind of be like, okay, this makes sense. This is why I am the way I am. So learning about your sensitivity is important. And then being around other HSPs. That's one reason why I started my HSP membership. We meet up on Zoom every single month because I find it's healing to be with other highly sensitive people. When we can openly share our experiences and be like, oh, you know, I get really frazzled when somebody changes plans last minute. Like in another HSP you can be like, oh my gosh, me too. It's like, it's that safe landing place. It's a place where we can be like, okay, it's not weird that I'm like that. It's actually just part of this trait and it's okay. And there are ways to manage it. So those are a few things that I find to be really healing and really helpful on the path of, of self-acceptance. And I also really wanna acknowledge like another big part of this is showing ourselves that we are worthy of being accepted. So what I mean by this is small actions to show yourself that love back. So that means taking really good care of yourself, honoring the fact that you need more sleep and actually giving yourself more sleep rather than shaming yourself or judging yourself or being like, oh my gosh, I'm so dramatic. Like, 
why, you know, why can't I just be more of an easy person? It's like, no, the energy behind self-acceptance is I, I'm wired this way. I need more sleep and that's okay. It's just the way that I am. And when you know these things, you can start to like kind of break down some of the shame around it and take really good care of yourself. And that's what really can help start to build that confidence in you being who you are. And then another part I really want to touch on that I get pretty passionate about is just this, there's a difference between coming at this from an empowered standpoint and coming at this from a more disempowered victim mentality mindset. And so I want to say there are absolutely circumstances in life where a person is a victim. Like I'm not speaking to traumas and um, discrimination, things like that. But I'm saying when we're approaching this HSP work, we really want to be approaching it from an empowered place of personal responsibility, meaning we can't control what's happening around in the world around us, but what we can control and what we can have ownership over is regulating our own emotions, setting boundaries, advocating for ourselves, taking really good care of ourselves. So throughout all of this, this workshop and in moving forward, I really want you to start kind of looking at it from an empowered state and rather than being like, you know, this is a bad thing about me and this, this makes my life so much harder. I want you to start looking at it as a, from a, a lens of self-love and self-acceptance. And I know it's easier said than done. I know, I know, I know it's hard. It's hard. I see. Yeah. Why can't I just be normal? And it is really hard to change that worldview, especially if that's something that you learned from, from family members and things like that. But I'm hoping that in being in community with one another and also in kind of learning about the wonderful things about this trait, you can start to kind of shift into that more empowered state because at the end of the day, I'm always like, the days are gonna pass. Like the days are gonna pass and it's up to us to, you know, try our best to make the most of them and take good care of ourselves and, and really just step into a place where we're feeling good about ourselves. So I want to ask you, what did you hear about being sensitive when you were growing up? What was something that you heard all the time about being sensitive? Just curious. For me, like I said, a lot of like, you're, this is, you're so dramatic, you're so much. I also did hear though, that you're so passionate, you're so creative. And those are also parts of being highly sensitive, that passion and that creativity, that empathy, that caretaking, all of these are related to sensitivity. So even if there were the not so great things that you heard about it. There are also a lot of beautiful things about it. Men shouldn't be sensitive. Yeah, that's a huge one I hear. You're too sensitive, stop crying. Yep, you're too much. Why are you being like that? You're so dramatic. It's not that big of a deal. Always oversensitive, like I was doing it wrong, overreacting. You're the sensitive one in the family, you're too much. Just be normal, you have so much, yeah, if you care too much, stop crying, say no. Wow can't take a joke. That's a big one. Get over it. How do you get upset so quickly? Toughen up. You're too much. Okay. Oh, my heart, my heart. I'm like, ah, again, the empathy gets me because I feel you. I'm so sorry. I actually, um, lost power where we live. We live in a pr pretty rural place. And sometimes the power will randomly shut off on us. And when that happens, I literally lose cell service, everything. And it's crazy because one of the HSP gifts is intuition. And I had this, this intuition 
that that was going to happen this morning. Like this morning, I literally was like, and it wasn't whatever. I'll I can go all into this, but I won't. I am just like, ah, frazzled. And so my husband was like running to set up the generator, and then our power, then our neighbors told us the power was back on. So anyway, thank you for your patience. Um, sorry that happened. Not really much I can do about it, but we should be good now. So I'm just gonna jump right back in. <laughs> good old technology, right? And literally HSP life frazzled. So gonna reground myself. Um, so yeah, where we left off then was just you guys were all giving me your comments, just all the things that you had heard about being sensitive and honestly kind of like made me emotional just like reading all of those things and I could resonate so much with them. So yeah, I, I'm really happy we're all here in this, in this space. Oh, thank you guys. We're an understate. Yeah. You know, that's the thing I love about working with highly sensitive people is like, we're the nicest people <laughs> and the empathy are like, okay, we get it. So anyway, thank you everyone. <laughs> I just came, I'm still just blown away. My intuition, I was like, I literally knew it. So anyway, okay. So like I was saying, we really want to then once we start to learn about our trait and be in community with other highly sensitive people and really start learning how to take good care of ourselves, this is where we can really start to build our self-worth. And it's not just like so straightforward, like of course there are a lot of, we've all had different life experiences. Some people have gone through really big challenging traumas in their lives and so I always recommend to the HSPs that I work with, like work with a therapist, make sure you have professional mental health support um, in addition to the self-work that you're doing on the work, on your own self-development, all of that, because there's just a lot beneath the surface. And so I, I think it's just, it's really important for us to have that support. Um, and on that note too, like this is something I'm gonna go into more tomorrow, but for highly sensitive people, challenging life events, tra trauma is going to actually impact us on a deeper level than it will for non-HSPs because we have really sensitive nervous systems. So things are going to just feel like a much bigger deal to us. And they literally do feel that way because our nervous systems are so finely tuned. So we really are going to be more affected by things. And that doesn't mean we're weak. It's simply the way that we're wired. So I'm saying that because again, self-worth is is a big topic and it's something that you know is very layered and there's often a lot of a lot of um, healing work that needs to be done so I always recommend working with yeah mental health health professional as well as having the community and doing the self-development work as well what I really wanted to touch on here too is really prioritizing taking good care of yourself as a way to build your self-worth because when we're showing ourselves the ways that we love and care for ourselves it really reinforces that belief right so if you if you actually make it a point to you know meditate every single morning or take the time to make yourself a healthy meal you're reinforcing this idea that i am worth having this time for myself i am worth eating a healthy meal i'm a big action taker because i believe we can our actions can really then show us, like help us build those beliefs. So I think it's very important for us HSPs to really prioritize taking amazing care of ourselves. Um, again, like I was saying earlier with the sleep, sleep example, make sure you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you're, you know, not scrolling on your phone right before bed. If you have, if you have the 
freedom to do so, try to take breaks in between meetings. And this can literally be like a five minute break, whether it's like taking a moment to breathe or going for a short walk or something like that. As much as you can, trying to build in those self-care practices throughout the day. It doesn't have to be this whole big thing. It can really be these small moments of reminding yourself, I am worth it. I, I deserve I deserve to have this time. Yes, okay, so I'm, I'm just reading the comments here because I really wanna make sure what I'm sharing is also helpful for you. So trying to remember that self-care is, isn't selfish and is important. That's a hard one. And so that is going to directly relate to the self-acceptance and the self-worth thing. Um, because a lot of times we're finding our value and always being there for other people and always showing up for everyone else. And we forget and that we're putting our worth and our value in other people's opinions of us and of them, they're thinking that we're good enough. And in fact, we are not going to be able to show up well for the other people if we're not taking time for ourselves. And I know it's like cliche, you can't fill or you can't pour from an empty cup, but it's completely true. Like you have to be able to pour back into yourself. And also like thinking about it, like when we're giving from a completely depleted state, a lot of times we're feeling resentful about it. A lot of times we're like, wow, I'm always giving so much more to everyone else and they're not giving as much to me. And that just kind of, you know, Sorry, I'm like reading the comments and so I'm seeing some people are frozen. Hopefully it's not frozen for everybody. But yeah, so I think it's just important for us to remember that we have to pour back into ourselves because if we're really giving giving from that resentful, like depleted state, it's not good for anyone. Plus, it's horrible for our health. This is what I was doing when I burnt out in my corporate job and when I was completely like sick every single day. It was because I was pouring from an empty cup and I did not know how to care for myself. So it can really be small things too. Like if you're completely uncomfortable by the idea of like, okay, I'm going to show up for myself and do all this self-care, then just really start small. Maybe it's just going for a walk every single night for like, you know, a short walk around your neighborhood or, um, you know, it's committing to being off of your phone after 7 p.m. every night. Like look at these as little ways to show yourself love. So that's a really important thing as it relates to self-worth and really increasing that and, and loving and accepting yourself. Okay, so big topic is relationships. So before I got, dive into this, I want to get your feedback here. So what's the hardest for you when it comes to relationships? This can be any type of relationship, romantic, family, friends, like what's, what's hardest for you as an HSP? And while I wait for some comments to come in, because it's a little bit delayed on my end, it's like slightly delayed. For me, what, what was hardest was knowing how to regulate my emotions. And I often, in the past, I used to put my happiness into the hands of the people I was in a relationship with. And if I was upset, like if they upset me, then it was automatically their fault. And I didn't always... I blamed other people a lot instead of taking responsibility for myself and knowing how to manage my own emotions. Okay, we've got some things people are saying are hard, family gatherings, feeling heard, I overshare, vulnerability, prioritizing my needs, wanting to give, and oh, and then people don't give the same effort, misunderstood, speaking up, friendships, lots of betrayal with close friends, overthinking, misinterpreting, regulating, regulating emotions, Crying during conflict, yeah, I hear a lot of that. Boundaries, crying, yeah. Being dismissed and people not understanding. 
and thinking it's a thing because I overreact. Taking their opinions personally, asserting boundaries, putting in too much effort. Yes, I hear all of this so much. Feeling bad about needing more rest or sleep, investing in myself, too much in myself and dating, being vulnerable, managing emotions, letting others agitate me, yes. All of these people pleasing, not taking everyone's bad mood personally. Oh my gosh, all of this reading too much into things. You guys, this is so, so relatable. I, I feel that so much. Yeah, what's coming to me first that I wanna to touch on here is taking ownership of ourselves. Again, going back to that, that beginning thing I was saying about it's our, having that empowered, um, empowered mindset around how we navigate life. So we wanna apply that same mindset to our relationships. So I'm not saying that this means it's okay for people to be jerks and, you know, you know, no one's to blame. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that it's up to us to regulate our emotions and manage our experience. So what this looks like is when people are not respecting us as a person, if you're, you know, you're feeling completely misunderstood all of the time, you're not feeling respected, you're not feeling heard, you're feeling like you're always giving too much and they're not giving as much in return, this is where we have to have set some boundaries. And I know this is a big one that a lot of us struggle with. We're afraid of upsetting anybody. We're afraid of, you know, losing people, etc. But the thing is, for us, we have to learn how to live with the discomfort of setting a boundary because it goes like this. It's either you set the boundary and you're uncomfortable about it, or you don't set it and you continue to be angry, upset, frustrated, resentful. And so we'll go more into boundaries deeper tomorrow, but I just want to touch on it briefly here because it is important, obviously, as it relates to relationships. I always say that boundaries are how we teach people to treat us. So for instance, if you're always feeling like, you know, in the workplace or with your friends, let's use friends for example, um, with your friends, you're always feeling like you're overgiving and what, you know, you're always listening to them. You're always doing so much for everyone else, but they're not doing enough for you. I want you to take a step back and think about, okay, am I always just saying yes to them right away? Am I ever saying no? Am I, you know, am I always available for them when they need a shoulder to cry on, when they need help moving, etc.? Like if you're always saying yes every single time, remember that you're allowing that to be the case. You're allowing them. And I'm not saying like, oh, everything is your fault. Not at all. But I want you to see this as an empowering thing and see it as a way to kind of keep your side of the street clean, so to speak. Meaning like we, we can take responsibility for our experience and we can teach people what is okay with us and what is not okay with us. I have found that to be so empowering because then it just puts the power back into my own hands. Um, I used to be that person at work who would be like, oh, I'm so busy and I would get all of the work piled on me because honestly, I would get my work done. And my boss would say, ask me if I you know, wanna help with this project. And I would always say yes, but then I would skip my lunch and I would complain to everyone and I'd be like, oh my God, why am I so busy? Well, I had no boundaries. I was saying yes to everything. And so that's where we really have to learn how to advocate for ourselves teach people to treat us through boundaries. Um, so like I said, we'll really go into that more tomorrow and just give you some like practical examples, but I did wanna to touch on that. Another thing too that a lot I see with a lot of highly sensitive people is getting caught up in 
the types of relationships that are unhealthy and that really don't serve us. So I'm sure people in this group have had experiences getting into relationship with people who are narcissistic, who take advantage of your kindness, of your empathy. And as a result, this might leave you feeling like distrustful of the world around you and afraid maybe to get into a situation like that again. And that's completely understandable. Like it really, it messes with a person and it, it affects you. Um, and so one thing that I, I really learned that was amazing about this, I'm going to shout out my friend, Matt Lanzadell again, he's amazing HSP male in this group. He talks a lot about how being authentic and having high self-worth and really loving yourself and being in congruence with yourself is the antidote to, um, avoid those narcissistic relationships, those unhealthy relationships, those toxic relationships, because a lot of times we are the caretakers and we want to fix people and we want to, you know, be their main source that, you know, they rely on us and they need us. And we kind of, in a way, enjoy that. And it makes, it fills up our cup. And again, I'm going to keep repeating this. I'm not saying things are your fault, but I am saying, see this from an empowered state. We often have that bone in our bodies to want to be that caretaker. And so when we can fill our own cups and increase our self-worth and start to accept ourselves, all of the things that I've, I've shared so far here in this presentation, when we do those things, it makes us like repel those sorts of toxic narcissistic relationships because we don't need them to fill that void in us. We are whole within ourselves. I really love this idea of a healthy relationship being two whole people to coming together. You're not looking for somebody to fulfill this broken, you know, empty part of you. Instead, it's you're whole on your own, they're whole on their own, and you're two people who can complement each other. So I want you to kind of start seeing it from that point of view, like this work that you do on yourself, this work to accept yourself and embrace your sensitivity, it's, it's going to seep into the rest of your life. Um, a lot of times people will tell me that they have, they have trouble explaining their sensitivity to the non-HSPs in their life, and I can happily say I can speak to this firsthand. I'm an HSP, my husband is not an HSP, we're very happily married. And it's, I'm not going to say like, oh, it was all roses right from the beginning. No, it was, there were hard moments because we are wired differently where he did not understand why is this so upsetting to you? Why are you know, why are you getting so worked up over this? So it took time to have to to explain that to him, but I did and I kept at it. So this is where it really helps to understand the trait of sensitivity and also be able to kind of share and give examples to the people in your life. So if you're constantly feeling misunderstood by people and you want them to kind of understand your sensitive nature, there are opportunities where, you know, if they're open and if they're a person that you trust and feel safe with and they're not just going to kind of like judge you, then you can explain, oh, I'm actually a highly sensitive person. Um, it's a trait that affects 15 to 20 percent of the population. It's a trait like being an introvert or an extrovert. And, you know, I always tell people like to remember, like the people in your life, the things that they love about you are often related to your sensitivity. So you being a caring person, you being an empathetic person, you being the person who always knows what that person needs to hear, that's related to you being an HSP. And so I think reminding and sharing that with the people in your life can be helpful 
because yes, there are the, the traits, the parts of being highly sensitive that can be more challenging for sure. We get more overwhelmed easily. That's challenging. That's real. But I think also just kind of focusing on those positive parts of the trait and, and sharing that is really helpful. I also want to say that when we come at this from a place of from um, self-acceptance and really embracing it, it actually has a different energy behind it when we're telling people that we're an HSP. If you're kind of coming at it like we we don't want to go to others for them to validate us and say, okay, it's okay that you're sensitive. No, we want to accept and embrace that within ourselves because you know, you can tell the difference between a person who feels confident and they feel good in their skin. Like there's kind of a magnetic energy about that. You kind of, you want to be around that person. You're like, oh, cool. Okay. Um, and so I think it's kind of the same with you starting to embrace your sensitivity. Like when you're at a place where you're like, this is me, take it or leave it. Like not in a bad way, but more just like, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling good about who I am. That's, that's a way that other people can then see like, be more accepting of it themselves. But at the end of the day, we really want it to be about us validating ourselves and not looking to other people for all of that validation. Okay, I'm just reading some of the comments here. So yes, I see some someone feeling alone and I'm really happy that you're seeing that you're not alone because you're so not, you're in good company. And yes, okay, so anyone else feel guilt when we don't wanna be the, the caretaker? Cup is too empty, but you don't have the energy to help. Yes, Kara said, I used to, but I would get sick. Yes, so that's the thing. It's not our responsibility to fix everybody else around us. And there are so many reasons that we get caught in that sort of loop. So I also, like, if you're kind of recognizing these things about yourself and you're seeing, like, gosh, I'm always being the caretaker. I'm always overextending myself or have these people-pleasing tendencies. I don't want you to judge yourself or think that you're wrong for it or you know, that you're messed up, like not at all. It's, we all have, when you know better, you do better. That Maya Angelou quote, I always tell people that when you know better, you do better. So the best thing you can do is once you start to recognize these things in yourself, okay, great. It's an opportunity to start making sh some shifts and it takes time and it doesn't happen overnight. And my gosh, you're going to fall back into the same patterns multiple times, but it's all about having the awareness and getting back up and starting again. Um, one thing I'll share too on the caretaker thing, because it seems to be a common theme in this group, we're often going to be fall into those roles, one, because we have more empathy naturally, but two, we were, maybe that was what we, we were rewarded for in our families growing up. Maybe you were rewarded for always being there for everyone else and like always being the easy child and, you know, always taking, taking care of your siblings. Um, maybe you had a, a toxic and stressful home, childhood home, and maybe you being a caretaker was the way that you kept yourself safe because that's definitely the case for people. So that's why I want to say like, wherever you're at and where, you know, however you, wherever you're at on this journey, like, it's okay. I don't want you to judge yourself. It's every opportunity for um, or anything that triggers you that's difficult for you is just another opportunity to heal and to learn more about yourself. And you're in good company here. Oh, another thing, codependency. I'm going to talk about this quick here too because that goes hand in hand with all of this stuff. So codependency is sneaky. I always thought 
back in the day, I always thought being codependent meant that you were like attached at the hip to your partner and that like you couldn't do anything without them. And like, I didn't fully understand what it meant until I learned what it is. And so one of the definitions that I liked or one way to describe codependency that really resonated with me was when something happens to someone you love, how urgent does it feel for you? Um, I got this from Terry Cole, I believe her name is, she's amazing. So something happens to your loved one, how urgent does it feel for you? Does it feel like it's immediately your job to fix? Does it feel like it's happening to you? My guess is there's a lot of people in this group who can maybe resonate with that because a lot of us are also very, are empaths and most, you know, whatever. There's definitely that intersection between HSP and empath. So for me, that was definitely the case. And Anytime my husband was upset or, you know, he'd had a rough day, I felt like it was my responsibility to, oh my gosh, I just, I just don't want him to feel bad. And, you know, I would take it upon myself all of the time. And he didn't ask for that and he didn't expect that. But for me, I learned it was my way of kind of controlling a situation in a sneaky way, non-intentional. It's not, not like I was knowingly trying to control, but what I was doing was trying to avoid any discomfort and him being sad or not feeling good, mad, whatever, like made me uncomfortable and I needed to fix it. I wanted to fix it right away. And so I realized like I was very codependent. Some other examples of codependency, like people do this in friendships and um, in family relationships as well. Like, you know, say you have um, a sibling and they're going through something difficult. Maybe they're in a relationship with an unhealthy person and they're always venting to you and you're feeling, you know, you're giving them advice and you're always telling them like, well, why don't you just leave them? Or, you know, why don't you do these things? And you're the shoulder to cry on when they're having a hard day, but then they get back with that person and then you're upset and you feel like it personally happened to you. And you're like, what the heck? Why aren't they listening to me? Again, that's actually codependency when you're letting their issue becomes so real for you and you're viscerally feeling it in your in your body and it's feeling like it needs to be fixed by you it's actually not our responsibility other people have to have the you know have to have their own journey they have to learn their own lessons and it's not up to us to control that and to try to manage their their experience and things like that so that's a huge one. Um, and if this is something that you're resonating with, like read the comments. There's so many, so many things here. Um, and it like in this workshop, I'm only, I'm scratching the surface on a lot of topics too. Like this is stuff that I'm definitely going in deeper on in my HSP membership. So if that's something you're interested in, it will be open for enrollment on Friday. So like, for instance, we have a whole month on relationships where we dive into this stuff. And so, yeah, there's a lot there. It's important. And like I said, tomorrow we'll really dive deeper into um, boundaries. So we'll talk more about energetic boundaries and things like that, because that's going to really help you with all of this. Because a lot of times for us as sensitive people, we will overgive, we'll people please, and we'll kind of fall into the codependent patterns because we can really sense people's energy so easily which is wonderful. In many ways, it's a, it's a great thing because we have such great emotional intelligence. We know what people need to hear. We know how to support people. But on the flip side, this can be to our detriment when 
you know, we're letting their feelings and emotions and moods really dictate how, how we're feeling. So we'll definitely dive into that more tomorrow. And then finally, I wanted to talk about using your sensitivity as a superpower. And we can get to this point of using our sensitivity to our benefit as a, as a superpower when we are beginning to learn about it, when we're beginning to embrace it. Because of course, when we're at the beginning, we're at the point where we are more in survival mode, we're caught up in the people pleasing, we're kind of, you know, still in this place of like, oh, I don't really like my sensitivity. It can be hard for us to even grasp, how can I use this as a superpower? But once you start learning about it and you start kind of embracing it, it you can then learn how to use it to your advantage. So one of the things I love about being sensitive that I mentioned here was the, the strong intuition. Like our intuition knows. The problem is for a lot of us is we don't trust ourselves. So we don't always listen to our intuition. Like I said at the beginning, a lot of us lack self-trust. It's understandable why that would be the case for us. However, we can definitely learn how to cultivate that self-trust. We can cultivate self-trust which I feel called to just share a quick about how you can do that. So cultivating self-trust so that you can really tap into your intuition more. We can build our self-trust by keeping small promises that we make to ourselves. We have to show ourselves that we are a trustworthy person, that we keep our word, that we have our own back. The idea is that I've got my own back and showing yourself ways that you do that. So ways you can build that self-trust are you know, if you say you're going to go for a walk every day, actually go for a walk every day. If you say you're going to make your bed every day, make your bed every day. Do little things to show yourself that you're a trustworthy person. That it, it seems simple and it, it is simple, but it really, really helps. Tapping into that feeling of self-trust and then listening to our intuition is huge. You can really use that as a, a great guidance system to help you navigate life. So one way I always tell people to help tap into their intuition is to start noticing the little synchronicities, the little things that we think are coincidences, and don't write them off. Actually write them down, like pay attention to those little things. So for instance, maybe you're thinking of a friend and then that friend calls you. Write that instance down. Wow, that was really cool. Like take a moment to be like, dang, that's awesome. Um, reflect back on things that have happened in your life. Think about times where you had this random idea and you went with it and then it worked out for you. Notice all of the times that you look on at the clock and it says 1111 or 222 and just take a second and just be like, oh, that's really cool. And maybe think about what you were thinking about when you saw the clock at 1111. So because a lot of times, you know, like I was thinking about this retreat today, looked at the clock at 1111 and I took that as a sign like, oh, the universe has my back. So these are kind of fun ways for you to tap into your intuition and use it to just as like a little fun guidance system. And I think it's important to touch on the difference between intuition and anxiety. So intuition whispers, anxiety will scream. Anxiety, anxiety is going to have a lot of fear. It's going to make you feel very frantic. Intuition is a very gentle, quiet knowing. So like I told you guys, I had this intu intuition that the power was going to go out today. And it was so weird, but I didn't feel like anxious about it at all. It was just like, I just had this thing that popped into my head. The power's going to go out. And then I pictured my husband helping, r rushing to do the generator. And so when the power went out, I was like, 
dang, that really sucks. But I was also like, dang, that's pretty cool that my intuition is on point. So that's an example, like use it to your advantage, start playing around with it. This is a really cool thing about being sensitive. It's like, we have that ability um, because the way we're built is like, I always say we filter out less of the world. We're taking in more. We see the world in such a, in such a bright, vibrant way. And so I just want you to like also lean into that and start to really embrace that and own that. Dr. Elaine Aaron, who wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, says that uh, the highly sensitive people in the past were like the spiritual guides and the ones that the people in the tribe really looked to to help assess if somebody was trustworthy or not. And that's really because we are really good at noticing subtleties. We're really great at picking up on small cues, things like that. So we're already built to kind of have that ability. So lean into that. Like, let that be a reason why you're thinking like, oh, this is this is great to be sensitive. Like, we are needed in the world. That's the thing I really want to get across. Like, we are needed. There's a reason 15 to 20% of us are sensitive. We're here to be the ones who can be, like, share spiritual knowledge with people. Um, be like the human lie detectors, kind of get that assessment like, oh, is this person trustworthy or not? I believe it was also Dr. Elaine Aaron. She calls HSPs the canary in the coal mine. And so in the past, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, I, I might butcher this, but the canary in the coal mine would, you know, start making noise if there was like something toxic or gas or something like that. So it would alert people when something was off. Basically, the point is it will alert people if something is off. So thinking about how we are in the workplace and things like that, we're getting more affected by things. Like I got sick in that toxic workplace because I'm sensitive, because something was off. And guess what? A lot of people quit after I quit because I wasn't the only one who felt that way. I just had a lower tolerance for dealing with it. And so that is... Honestly, like we can see it as a cool thing instead of us being like, oh man, I'm so weak. Like, oh, it would die. Thank you, Matt. The canary would die. I knew I was going to butcher it. Exactly. So we're the human, we're the canaries. We won't, we have um, a lower capacity to withstand. And honestly, I like to tell HSPs, like we're not high maintenance. We have, we just have high standards. We can't help it. We just have high standards. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to look at a couple comments here because I saw a couple of questions. Um, so what about intuition about something that is negative and it creates the anxiety? So yeah, I had that happen to me today, right? I had the intuition that my power was going to go out. And you guys, I've been excited for this for two weeks. And this is a big, like, this is important to me and I wanted it to go well. So yes, I had that intuition and honestly, there was not much I could do about it, right? It, it is what it is. And so I don't have a good answer because it is, yeah, it, it does create some anxiety, but you know, um, because I, I meditate every single day and I'm really committed to practices that help me reduce my anxiety. I, I think it helps you get to a place where you just know some things are out of your control and you know, you can kind of have faith in the universe or God, whatever you believe that they're going to have your back and it's going to be okay. Like, thank goodness my power, you know, my power went out. That sucked. I was really bummed that happened. But guess what? You guys are all really understanding and it's okay. It's okay. So I, I don't know if that's helpful, but yes, yeah, sometimes you're going to have those intuitive hits about things that you might not want to happen. And I think having a spiritual practice, having a meditation practice 
you know, tools to kind of help you just feel calm and centered is really important. Um, okay, another one. How can we stop wanting constant validation from others in business? I know my intuition is telling me one thing, but the results are not validating. Can we detach from needing that feedback for whatever we are doing? Okay, I can speak to this super intimately. So when I was, when I started this blog and this work that I'm doing, it was, what was it? A year, two and a half years ago now. I posted very consistently. I had all of these ideas. I was super passionate about it. And I often didn't get the results that I wanted. And I, I would pour my heart into writing these blog posts. And seriously, like five people would read it. And, you know, two people would like my post. And my mom's on this call. Like she heard me crying to her all the time. Like I just feel so stupid and so embarrassed. So it's very natural for us as humans, of course, to want validation. But what I had to turn to in those moments was really like trusting that I was given this passion for a reason. I, I'm doing like returning to my why. I think that was the big thing, returning to my why, the reason why this work mattered to me and also validating myself. I, I wrote a blog post about this, so I'll have to share it. Um, but validating myself was huge because at the end of the day, if we're proud of what we did, if we can say, put our name on it and feel proud of it, like that's something that we want to keep coming back to. And that's what I really did to get me through those times. I would, I would read my posts and I'd be like, you know what, dang it, this, I think this is pretty good. And if somebody, if they don't like it, that's okay. I'm going to be okay. But really coming back to my why, um, because for me too, I was just passionate about sharing an uplifting message with people and it was important to me and it filled my soul. And I knew that every time that I was writing and creating graphics, I felt really lit up and happy. So just every time that you're feeling that, that pull to be like, oh my gosh, no one likes this. Everyone thinks I'm dumb. Like, no, like return to your why. And another thing that might help too is like trying not to take things as personally, which I know is easier said than done. Um, but there's a book called The Four Agreements, which is an amazing book. And one of the four agreements is don't take things personally. And really the point was people are not thinking about us as much as we think they are. Like everyone is wrapped up in their own world. Like when people weren't liking my posts, I mean, for one, I just had a small audience at that time, but two, like people aren't seeing it. People are busy. People are, you know, it's not a personal thing. And a lot of times I think we get really scared of putting ourselves out there because we don't want anyone to judge us or think that, you know, think differently of us or whatever. And that's again, very real, but they're really often not thinking about us as much as they think we are. And I always have this thing where I weigh things out where it's like, okay, is the pain of, so for me, is the pain of putting myself out there and not getting likes greater than the pain of not doing it? So for me, the pain of not doing it and not knowing what could have come of me putting my passion out into the world, I was more scared of that than I was scared of looking silly or feeling embarrassed. I would have been more disappointed in myself if I didn't go for it. So that was really what drove me and that's what drives me every day to be honest with you because having your own business, doing something that matters to you is gonna be uncomfortable. You can apply this to setting a boundary to whatever is hard for you. Okay, the pain of being resentful and not having a good relationship or the pain of you know, having to say something that someone else might not like and having to maybe deal with an uncomfortable reaction, like weigh it out. But I think when we start to bring it back to um, advocating for ourselves and doing things that are 
for our, our, our highest good, that's always the best option. So, oh my gosh. Okay, so lots here. Patience today with the technical difficulties. Um, and I'm actually going to do a drawing for a prize. So I'm going to go to that in just a second here. Um, but yeah, so what the prize is going to be is a one-year um, membership to my HSP membership. So that's like a $460 value. So I'm reopening the membership this Friday, and it's going to be open from Friday, August 27th through September Friday, September 3rd, so one week of being open. And this membership community is literally a space for highly sensitive people to come together, to be in community, and to learn. So what I do in that membership is I have um, a different topic. We focus on every single month, and I call it a mini workshop. So some of the topics we've focused on in the past have been people-pleasing, setting boundaries, relationships, um, self-healing, intuition. Uh, we have 12 months now of content and when you become a member you get you get access to all past months content. Um, and so what's involved or what's included with each um, mini workshop, you get a meditation from me, you get a podcast from me. It's like an exclusive podcast only shared in the membership. Um, you get an e I love emotional freedom technique. If this sorry I'm like doing the tapping if you're familiar with that, I do one of those videos. I also bring in a guest expert every single month, so, um, and that's a really cool experience. So we go on Zoom with this guest expert and they share wisdom with us and I learned so much. This month our topic was nervous system regulation and I brought in Brooke Nielsen. She's a an HSP therapist on Instagram. She's intuitive warrior way, so you might have already follow her learned so much from her. And so it's cool. Um, Matt Lanzadell, I've called him out like four times in here. Uh, he was our guest expert last month and he talked about narcissists and HSPs, which was very juicy topic, Very learned so much. Um, and then what else? Oh, and then my favorite part is we meet up once a month on Zoom, uh, all of the members, and we journal together on the topic of the month. We meditate, we share, and that's a time where I really see us um, becoming healing in community. How do we find out more about your membership? Let me drop, I'll drop a link to it and then I will share more about it. So yeah, there's the link to it. It's it's my pride and joy. I, I love I love it and I think it's really a great place for highly sensitive people to learn and grow and to be in community and heal together. So I also wanted to just give some homework because I think having little action steps is important and helpful. So what I would love for you guys to do before tomorrow is to journal on the following questions. What have you learned to believe about being sensitive? And how do you think this has affected you? And I'll repeat this again, because I know maybe some of you are writing comments. I can't see anything yet. And so I want to give you time to like process that. But that is going to be the homework. Ooh, okay, I'm starting to see some comments come in. Okay, so I'm going to read these and then my mom is going to, my mom's going to pick a winner, which I just think is great that she's here. Okay, so I love these. Intuition whispers, anxiety yells from fear. Distinguishing between anxiety and intuition. Self-care is key. Yes, when you know better, you do better. Trusting my intuition. Anxiety screams, intuition whispers. Being proud of yourself is more than seeking, more important than seeking external validation. Oh my God, I love all of these. 
uh, you guys liked the intuition versus anxiety. Yes. Boundaries are how we teach people to treat us. Absolutely. I'm not high maintenance. I have high standards. Seriously, I hope I like it makes me so happy that you guys like these quotes. Building uh, self-trust by keeping small promises. Don't let small intuition go by. Write it down. Self-acceptance. I'm not entitled to fix others' problems. Take responsibility for my own experience. Being an HSP is not something to be ashamed of. Helps to validate yourself. High self-worth is an antidote and awareness of codependency. Oh, good. I learned about codependency in a real way for the first time. Yes, that's exactly what I thought was that it was just not being able to be alone for sure. Trust your intuition. Take responsibility for sensitivity. Intuition whispers. We are needed in this world and we are and we are as important as others are to us. Yes. Don't all oh, Chloe. I love when you said don't write it off. Write it down. A hundred percent. Self-care feeds our self-worth and is necessary for HSPs. It shows our mind and body that we are worth it. Yes, I'm a big action taker. And so the actions we take really can show ourselves. Um, anxiety is super loud. Intuition may be a whisper, whisper. It's important to embrace ourselves as HSPs. Focusing on becoming empowered. Yeah, anxiety and intuition. Self-trust is not automatic. It's cultivated 100%. Yes, there are so many other people who are the same as me. I hope that's one thing that everyone has taken away today, that like, you're not alone in this experience. I'm, I experience it. Everyone else here experiences it. Like, you're not alone. Um, it's not our job to fix others. We have the power. We're not the victim. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that when you were in the presence of other HSPs, it blows the power out. Oh my God. I'm literally, I love that so much. Maybe that, let's just say that's what it was. It was the HSP power blowing everybody out. And then, it, yeah, it makes your life richer and self-care and awareness is the key to thrive. All right. Um, setting boundaries is crucial and beneficial for both involved. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, you guys. Oh my gosh. All of these are so good. Took a lot of notes. Oh, this makes me so happy. Not broken. We're just wired differently. Yes, self-acceptance is a muscle. Okay, I like, these are all like mic drops. So thank you guys so much, so much for tuning in and listening and clearly like getting something out of this. This makes me really happy. Okay, so anyway, thank you so much for being here today. We'll be on tomorrow learning about um, managing emotions, energy, moods, uh, boundaries, and we will have another giveaway. So thank you again for your patience and for your love and for being so involved. You're all beautiful and yeah, love you so much and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.